Actually, it's Emmett and Joe, just to make sure. Emmett and Joe. Yeah, not Joe and Emmett. Who's okay, I see, I see who gets top billing on this thing. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I have the most stickers and gold stars. Gotcha, okay. So, the storming has officially happened, uh, which resulted in uh, one arrest. Um, so, uh, what did yeah. you guys think of the, the happenings? Well, first and foremost, it was a huge collection of like-minded, open-minded people. We saw people from Australia. We saw people from all over the country. Uh, we saw people, Joe, was it from Germany? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> there was from Germany, some people from Italy. Um, they were all over the place. Yeah, it was just like thousands of people in like tinfoil hats, flying saucer outfits, uh, you know, wandering around, you know, at, at different event locations, basically spread out over about a 50 mile uh, strip, uh, strip. Um, or sorry, a stretch of road. So it was uh, RVs everywhere. Uh, we didn't get to see the arrest, but we heard that they were pretty nice about it. <laughs> it could have been a lot worse. You know that for sure. Uh, a lot worse. Were there more uh, capitalist-minded people there that had food trucks and whatnot? Yeah, actually, thank God for yeah. food trucks, because <laughs> uh, we were able to have burritos and pulled pork sandwiches out in the middle of the desert. If it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the food <laughs> trucks, we would have only survived on goldfish crackers and <laughs> cliff bars. So thank God for them, and uh, I was happy to pay $15 for burrito, I'll tell you that much. Um, but yeah, there were definitely people out there selling their merch, doing their thing. Uh, you know, uh, there was music, uh, both locations. So I guess you could say we had some capitalist money people out there. I'm okay with that though. Oh yeah. How did you, how did you gentlemen get interested in, uh, UFOs and, and aliens? Well, Joe is actually an alien himself. <laughs> Did you know that, Trevor? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's so alien to you, bro, because you're just out of this world. I can't take it. Oh, Someone beat him up. Some very nice of you. <laughs> what was the question? How did how did you guys get interested in uh, UF, UFOs and, and aliens and all that stuff? <laughs> oh man. I started with a documentary back in the nineties. Go ahead, bro. Talk, Joe. No, go ahead. I was about to see what you're gonna say. Oh, okay. Basically, it started with a documentary in the '90s. Uh, we had some really interesting books on mysterious creatures and the unexplainable or the the paranormal. And um, I was always showing Joe, like, "Oh, look, this is the Loch Ness monster. Oh, look, this is." Uh, a battery that was thousands of years old, just weird stuff that's kind of in our paranormal sphere. It just really opened up my mind. And then um, ever since then, Joe and I have just been obsessed with aliens. Um, the concept of not being alone, the idea that there's technologies that can move between planets, solar systems, and galaxies, that, frankly, the blink of an eye is such a mind-blowing idea. And so it really took us on just this journey that led ultimately to Area 51. So, it, you know, um, that's pretty much it's been since we were kids. It's been there. 
Uh, along the way, have you guys had any paranormal experiences? Just when we were, I think I was around 10 and Bro was 9, we um, we were looking out our balcony of our, of our apartment complex and we saw in the distance a bunch of green glowing lights just going all over the place. And then all of a sudden they stopped. And that's when me and Bro looked at each other and said, okay, we need to figure what this out, what this is, and figure it out. Yeah, we were, we were so young. It was actually kind of terrified the neighborhood like a little bit. <laughs> it was like talking Very about much. what was that? We never knew. It, it could have been whatever, but at the time it was like, whoa. But fast forward as adults, Joe and I are out in the middle of the desert at an event, and there are people there claiming to co- like connect and contact with extraterrestrials and UFOs. And we're like, okay, cool. You know, that's kind of weird, you know, hope you brought your crystals or whatever. So here we so, And you know what I'm talking about. But so now in the sky, looking in the sky, there is this light. And people say blinking light, but it was more like it grew gradually into this huge white ball. Uh, and then just as gradually dimmed out into nothing. It was so bright that... Everybody in the entire camp area was like, whoa, what is that? People were clapping and cheering because I guess the UFO people made their contact. Uh, And so we uh, still to this day have absolutely no freaking idea what that was. Nope. So (laughs) we're like, is that a satellite? Like, what's going on? We're we're still trying to figure out some of this weird stuff. It sounds a little bit like uh, some of the happenings that were going on at Skinwalker Ranch back in the uh, uh, early 2000s, was it? Yes, Skinwalker Ranch, the mysterious uh, land that has, oh, ghosts, poltergeists, Mm -hmm. UFOs, aliens, entities. It seems to be some kind of vortex or hotspot for paranormal activity. Mm -hmm. And... uh, Interesting fact, uh, I have to look and see, but I know that Bruce Bigelow from Bigelow Airspace actually was doing research there, trying to capture these things and measure them. And I believe they were able to make some sort of breakthrough based on this property, uh, Skinwalker Ranch. And it's definitely been of interest to the government. And the government's researched it. You know, they brought in some contractors and things like Bigelow to see what's going on. Um, so yeah, Skinwalker Ranch is a huge mystery, and weird things happen there uh, still to this day. It's it, it's a really great uh, story, really great mystery. Uh, would that would that happen to be maybe a area that you'd like to go into for say your next documentary? I think we'd send Joe in there first, <laughs> just in case. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> no, Joe, I think we should bait. What we'll do is we'll set up Joe in a chair um, with a bucket of chicken. And then uh, we'll have lighting candles and some crystals. And then we'll do a prayer or something or an anti prayer, whatever pulls the demons in. And then we'll just video it and watch. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we'll, I think we'll get the answers we're looking for. But yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I wonder if there's an intergalactic I'm safe down. word. Uh, pineapple. Is that a good one, Joe? <laughs> or canned oh cheese. 
that sounds more like you. Canned cheese. That's a good safe word. <laughs> Uh, so what can you tell me about the, how this documentary got going and your travels from uh, Northern California all the way to uh, Nevada? <laughs> well, is he talking to oh, sorry. Sorry, you talking to Emmett or Joe? Which one? Or both? Both, both of you. Since, you, since you're both involved. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe and I have already stormed Area 51. Yeah, we've done that. Area 51 years ago. Uh, we have a funny video. Actually, we went there to the gates, mm -hmm. to the world famous little alien, and we like met with the owner. And we ate there a couple times and bought their merchandise and went to the gates. And uh, Joe humped the blow up alien in front of the guard, and we got a peace sign. Uh, <laughs> so I think that like our experience there kind of um, came at the right time when the world imagination has been captured by what's in Area 51, you know, basically by the post that went online. And, uh, you know, um, it's been just great timing because we've been there, we're knowledgeable about it, we have a pretty good uh, historical understanding of the base and, and what's been built there and that sort of stuff. And uh, so it's just great timing. And we were like, let's hop in an RV, bro, and go see, like, down the road, see who we can meet what experts we can meet with. Joe had a list of great people that um, like worked inside the base. Uh, so we just took the opportunity and said, right now, let's go, let's meet these people and let's see what is gonna come to this event. What's gonna happen? Are they gonna rush the gate? Are they not? So you have to find out and see. By watching Sunday, 10 p.m. on Travel Channel. Good plug, good plug. Thanks so much. Uh, who are some? Of, who are some of the people that uh, that you met along the way? You said it was some some people that formerly used to work at the uh, uh, the base or slash airport or whatever their whatever the official designation is for it now. What were those people like? Joe, this is definitely a question for you. Um, do we give names, bro? Like Rick Doty. We met Rick Doty. We met yeah, there's Doc Rick Mary. Doty. And uh, what's the other people we met? Documentary filmmaker Jeremy Corbell. Jeremy Joe, Corbell. Joe's yes. Joe's exhausted, okay, his children. And I'm not so, adopted, um, okay? No. Yeah. Okay. Try again. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so yes, we've uh, met Jeremy Corbell. Jeremy Corbell. Rick Doty actually worked in Area 51. He was actually in the 80s. He actually worked at the base. That was my number one guy to talk to. He actually showed us how hard it is to get into these bases, what it takes to get into these bases, and for someone to work there and actually talk about it, that's really special. How much could how much could this person actually talk about, and how much did they have to? Uh, watch their language well I'll um, tell you this oh go ahead Joe the from what he could tell us he saw physically physically with his eyes on a camera CTV camera an alien walking around in a cell holding a globe in its hand and working around like a ball and like thinking and pacing 
I'd almost drop to my knees when I heard that. Because hmm. I'm huge on aliens. Aliens is my big thing. He can have his technology. Emmett can have his technology, his UFOs. I'm, I want to see the beings. Mm-hmm. So, so, so they basically have him, alien no, prisoners. Well, that was the question we asked him. Was it, he, was, yeah. he didn't know. But you know what he did say? Mm-hmm. He did say uh, something along the lines of what's really mind-blowing is what I won't tell you. <laughs> won't tell you because you wouldn't be able to handle it. And, uh, you know, of course, you've got to dig through that when you're talking to whistleblowers or anybody who says they have inside knowledge. And, you know, we're, we're pretty good at kind of, um, you know, shuffling through that. But nonetheless, it's still interesting information. And Rick Doty is just a badass. And uh, Jeremy Corbell is, uh, you know, the filmmaker for the Bob Lazar documentary. And that's a whole other story there with Bob Lazar, the technology that he worked with and back engineered it. S4, which is a location near Area 51, mind-blowing sort of stuff. And um, these people are the best of the best. We've, we've got uh, Professor Greg Gideon from Penn State, who talks about the history of the area, the layout of the base, what to expect um, on our journey, what to watch out for. So we're really well taken care of. I think we got a perfect lineup of experts uh, to help Mr. us. Mr. Earl, Earl Granderson from MUFON? Yes. Oh, bro, what was your favorite part about that? Just the the fact that he has documentation of circle choices for what picked you up from an abduction. Yeah, and actually like creating a hamburger. <laughs> yeah, it's just like creating a hamburger. It doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah. no, like, like his, his, abductions, his abductions, and he has... Um, piece of paper that you fill out and you circle what it looked like was a reptilian was it a gray what did you feel was there a light and there's all these circle questions and you can actually see some of these abduction stories it's amazing as far as the the beings themselves how many how many different types are being reported as being seen i mean we typically know grays are the most popular than reptilians but then is there anything after that (laughs) go ahead i just okay i just want to say there's released documents that claim that there's like 13 known species. Mm-hmm. I don't know what all 13 are, but I know for a fact that I think grays are pretty much a staple item, uh, or not item, but being in this whole thing. I, I, there's the reptilians. There are the tall whites. There are the beings that were in um, a case that talked about two gentlemen uh, being abducted. They were monstrous sort of beings with horns. And then now if you look at Whitley Strider's story, his abduction, where there were small, short, kind of stocky blue men and giant, uh, you know, praying mantis sort of creatures. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, you know, uh, I think you have to sort between imagination uh, and sleep paralysis. That's another thing. But, yeah, it all comes down to these gray beings and that seems to be the most common thread amongst all experiencers and abductees is this being and uh you know the descriptions and the stories are so very specifically in tune with each other uh that it, it there's something to it and there are beings that are not human that are abducting people and potentially probing them mm-hmm. <laughs> 
in in a very in a very awkward place. Well, awkward to some. <laughs> not not to all, just to some more conservative minded people. Absolutely. But you uh, see, yeah. the anal probing thing started back with Whitney Stryber. Mm-hmm. So that's how that got into the sort of, sort of kind of like culture of this whole thing. I don't really know if they do that. It's, it it kind of got picked up as more of a more of a lighthearted joke and then just kind of just continued its life. But yeah, I would I wouldn't know exactly what information you'd really get out of somebody by by probing that area besides a good temperature read. Yes, that's why we prefer to probe intellectually <clears throat> on a podcast. <laughs> we also probe probecast. <laughs> that's we call it the probecast because we're we're probing for answers, not for you know, whatever they're looking for in there. But, uh, you know, when you get into this field, there is so much stuff to wade through and push aside and swim through and people to, you know, um, try to decide if they're seriously or not. But we've whittled whittled everything down uh, in this special to what we think are the most important points about Area 51 and also, uh, you know, preparing our expectation and ourselves for safety and what's going to happen, what's going down there, you know, how many tinfoil hats are we going to see, how many, uh, you know, groups, so we, we actually, remember Joe, we saw a group of like five or six friends and they were all wearing alien pajamas, which is great. <laughs> yeah, they were uh, like a onesie with shorts. Yeah, <laughs> and they like made last minute decision to like buy them and, and, and uh, go on down to uh, Area 51, it was awesome. Uh, one of the one of the last couple questions I have is: Did anyone uh, talk about some of the more uh, eastern sighting, uh, eastern American sightings, like uh, uh, like the Grinning Man, Indrid Cold, or uh, Mothman, or anything like that? Were there any of those stories that were also being seen on uh, the West Coast? No, no, we. No. Did, I think pretty much everybody was stuck on what's well, at Area Fifty One and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seemed to be the most important. <laughs> uh, nobody really talked about. We didn't hear any stories about that. We did hear stories about people from like all over the world and what it took them to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people, uh, you know, blew their savings or whatever they had to do to come down and see what was going to happen. Uh, what was the ultimate takeaway that some of these people had after the event was all over? Did Did you see elation? Did you see? Um, uh, disappointment what was the overall feeling elation excitement uh you know optimism Mm -hmm. uh hope that things are going to get better and that the technologies will be released but it's obvious now that the government's hiding stuff that can change our world you have to remember this was a, a totally completely person-driven event, human beings, I mean. The, the, you know, people in the world made this event. Uh, some kid in, uh, you know, in California made, made the Facebook page. Then everybody decided that this was going to be something to explore. So this was a huge step. I don't think people necessarily know how big of a step it is, is for the people to come forward and say, we're right here standing at your gate of your most top secret but well-known base in the world and we're here because we want to know what is happening behind the gates of area 51 
And, you know, I don't think there's any turning back now. More people are physically, I don't, cannot think of another time where a group of people wanting to know the tr truth about UFOs were physically in one place near government property demanding the truth. Uh, I can't, not in my lifetime, I can't remember. Uh, did the government push back at all? Or were they just kind of just standing and waiting to see if anything was going to come of this uh, uh, this group of people? Oh, what a giant fun show for them. <laughs> They're waiting to see how people come through so that they can start laughing and videotaping themselves. Look at these guys trying to get over here. Oh, there's no one arrested. Oh, there's no one arrested. <laughs> I did hear a story. I don't know if it's true that like some older lady walked over the line and that what the officers did was just like, walk her back over it because they could they literally have the legal federal authority to execute your ass for stopping over that line it's like not a joke mm -hmm. yeah yeah so, I, I don't expect you know, they would ever take a, a secret government facility lightly when people decide they're going to come onto that property i, yeah. I, I can completely understand yeah. being being associated with military myself yeah i It'd be kind of hard just to be like, ha ah, look at them when they just cross the fence. Right. But at the same time, you can't take out the little old lady, you know? Mm -hmm. That'd be bad news. It, yeah, it would be bad press, but <laughs> you, you never know. She might, <laughs> she might be an alien in disguise, you know? You won't know until oh. you take her out. <laughs> Ooh, a spy. <laughs> Guys a little, as a little old lady. You never know. I mean, they could be anything. They could be anyone. You, you never know. When you're dealing with something that is that that you don't have enough massive amounts of just concrete research, you can never really make a call and saying exactly what's what. That's the way I've always looked at it. You need as much information as possible, no matter where it comes from, no matter who it comes from. Just aggregate it, put it together, then sift through it. Absolutely. And that's what right. we've done for this special. And this special is premiering September 29th at 10 p.m. on both Easter on uh, East and West Coast at the exact same time on the Travel Channel, correct? That's it. That's us on Travel Channel. Yeah, we love Travel Channel. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, my last question is probably the, the most important is where can people find you to find your podcast, find more stories about you, uh, more of your experiences, all that good stuff? Yeah, you can find us on all platforms, social media, at Real UFO Bros. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook. RealUFOBros.com My thanks extend to you, I do, for watching this video. Find more of them, you can, at ScienceFiction.com May the force be with you.